everyone. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Abby Jana. And I'm your co-host, Jasmine. And this is Hello, Hello UX. We're a user-focused podcast aimed to help those pivoting into UX design. We're here to empower designers and to help those transition into the UX field by providing education, resources, and a platform to talk about their experiences. Thank you for joining us today for our episode. <laughs> we hope you have your Halloween costume on, grab some candy, and gather around the fire as we listen to two cautionary tales of UX designers who are full of optimism and were so excited going to their first UX design role. Unfortunately, there were a few big bad wolves dressed in granny clothing, waiting to export their work and trust. Please get comfortable as we share these stories, but not too comfortable because you never know what's lurking behind you. I was really excited as I had just accepted my first UX designer role. I had been with the company for over three months now and I was really settling in. Our company was a small company and we had recently acquired an account and I would met with the clients and they were overall really nice people. We were doing UX research for the new client's products and needed to conduct user interviews. I had prepared for my interview, I had worked on the research plan, had my interview script ready, had my laptop available and had my recording equipment ready to go. Ready to jot down notes for my interview, I really want to do a great job. As I mentioned before, the clients were really nice folks and I really wanted to impress them and my boss. Another thing I should point out, we didn't really have the number of willing interview participants we were hoping for, so I really, really needed this interview. We were probably into our third question of the interview when the interviewee made a terribly inappropriate reference to, and I quote, whores. After this point onward, our interview really spiraled downward. I guess the worst part of this is that, as a UX researcher, my goal is to watch closely enough to learn about his minute behavior choices, picking up on his root motivations. So I was already absorbing information through his intonation, body language, and many side stories, like any good interviewer. This just means, of course, that I have enough clues to know just how much I don't like this guy. My interviewee literally turned into a monster. I had to interview a user who turned out to be a pig of a chauvinist. I think the worst part was knowing I was only two-thirds of the way into a really long interview and I had to remain professional and finish my job. I felt so dirty after the interview. I could scream! Knowing that I would eventually have to listen to the audio over and over for usable quotes or to plug details of data and then seeing that information over and over as I synthesized my infinity diagram 
was troubling. It goes on and on. I chose not to transcribe it later, so I wouldn't have to listen to the recording over and over again and be re-traumatized. What he said doesn't warrant investigation or a comment to my client. It just made me feel very uncomfortable, and I can't seem to leave it behind. By now my project is nearing the UI phase. I can move forward with insights only. I'm almost to the point where I don't have to see his little red post-it notes anymore. And yes, I made them run on purpose. HA! That gave me goosebumps. Inappropriate interviewees are the worst. Yeah. It's tough because you feel like you have to be professional while someone is there making you uncomfortable. I applaud her for dealing with that monster. I would just suggest and stress that it would have been okay to stop the interview. Yes, you are doing a job, but that doesn't mean that you don't deserve basic respect. Yeah, I would have freaked out too. So typically, interviews are a team effort, one person asking the questions, and there's another taking notes. There's safety in numbers. Also, I think I would have said something to my boss. I don't think a boss should feel offended because you're trying to prevent things from getting out of hand. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I need to grab a blanket. That story gave me chills. We'll be right back with our second cautionary tale. While you wait, here's a word from our sponsor. <sighs> Welcome back. Let's now listen to our next horror story. After a year of searching for a job, I had finally found one, organically at that. I had been putting myself out there and had been going up to meetups, volunteering for many events around town. Yes, all this was pre-COVID. I had met this nice lady and I kept bumping into her on several occasions, and we began a friendship of some kind. She started to tell me about the startup company she had been helping. Then one day she asked me what I did for a living and I told her I had just pivoted into UX design and had recently finished a UX bootcamp. She seemed very interested in my journey and story. She asked me if I would be willing to meet with her CEO since he had recently mentioned they needed a UX designer. So I immediately said yes. It was finally the rainbow I had been hoping for. I finally had my first appointment for a potential job. Not only that, but with the CEO. This was a very exciting feeling. I was finally headed to meet him at his office, and it was a pleasant-looking office. My friend was there to greet me, and she made the introduction between myself and the CEO. The CEO began by talking about his organization and all the things he had done. He related all his professional and personal struggles, making for a very impactful story. When he began to tell me what my duties were going to be, I was expecting it to be the whole gamut of UX deliverables, UX research, wireframing, prototypes, etc. But he began to explain one of my primary duties was to bring in new clients to the organization. I had to meet with people every week and ensure that I secured at least four to five new client engagements by the end of each month. (laughs) 
Then he pointed out that they would not be able to pay me much, and by much, I mean very little. The only thing I managed to think at the moment was that maybe he was confused as to what a UX designer did versus what my duties would be in the position. I left the meeting very confused and disappointed. Still, being that this would be my first paid job in the role of UX designer, I threw caution to the wind. I decided to ignore all the red flags and decided to make the most of the situation. I said yes and began my most hellish two months. It began with unrealistic deadlines, such as creating all the wireframing and prototype for the company's new website in three days. The CEO would have these long-winded meetings where he would go on and on about all the things he was supposedly doing behind the scenes to secure clients. I began to notice that fewer and fewer people were attending these meetings. I also began hearing whispers of coworkers not receiving any pay for the work they were doing or had recently done. One day at a conference, I was told the company was short on money and they would not be able to pay me my first paycheck, but I was still expected to work and produce deliverables. It didn't make any sense. I knew this was not right. I talked to my boyfriend, friends, family, and colleagues, and they were all telling me the same thing, that I was being taken advantage of. I couldn't take it any longer, and I asked my coworker and contact who had initially talked to me about joining the team and vented with her. I spoke to her about all the time I was investing in producing all the deliverables they wanted, having to find potential clients, but my main complaint was not getting paid, even the small amount of money I was told I would be given. She tried to calm me and stated that this was expected from a startup and I just needed to ride the wave, but even now, I was beginning to distrust her too. A few days after this, she stopped showing up to work. Then I found out she stopped receiving payments after being the only one getting paid in this company. Everyone else was given the same excuse I was. What a two-faced witch she turned out to be. (laughs) I finally had it. I stormed inside the CEO's office and demanded to know when they were going to pay me. I told him that I was not okay with all the shenanigans going on and that it seemed that he was not forthcoming about the company or the money he owed me and everyone else. I told him that I would not produce more work until they paid me what they owed me. He looked at me and began to say how in debt he and the company were. He stated that he had this deal going on and if it passed through, he would have my money and everyone else's and be able to pay us what he owed us. He asked for more time, but I had finally opened my eyes to the reality of things by this point. My boss was a blood-sucking Dracula who could care less about his work. (laughs) It was only later that I found out that when this company places job posts on job-seeking platforms, the CEO particularly asks for people that have recently finished a boot camp because they are desperate. The CEO really knows the weakest point of those looking to pivot into UX and does not think twice about taking advantage of their enthusiasm to enter the field. The real frustrating part, and it's the one that has had me struggling the longest, is that my so-called coworker was in it too. She was aware that this was his strategy and he had a history of not paying people for the hard work they were doing for the company. She only quit when she was finally the one not receiving a paycheck. 
Well, it's been a while since this happened, and I'm happy to report that I didn't stay with my arms crossed either. After I was able to process what had happened, I contacted my state's attorney general office and U.S. Department of Labor and proceeded to take action by filing reports on both the CEO and the company. I also encouraged others to do the same. Maybe if enough people report him and his fake company somewhere down the path, he will finally get caught. Wow, that was a scary story, especially when they're messing with my money. But not to fear, folks. There are some red flags to watch out for so you can prevent from being in this predicament. And we'll like to give credit to Chris Key's article, When You Shouldn't Take That U.S. Position, found in prototyper.io blog. First, if they're expecting you to be the unicorn, meaning will you be working from research to coding and everything in between? They want more bang for their money, and this will staunch your professional growth. Second, who will you be reporting to? Anyone except for a director or manager of UX, such as the head of QA or development, just understand it will be more difficult for you to advocate for UX, and you may not count with the backing of someone who is also in the same mindset of design thinking. Lastly, do they allow for time for you to ask questions in the interview regarding the culture of the company and the team you will be joining? What are the tips you have for us, Abjana? Ugh, Kalora, seriously, how awful. I actually had a similar situation happen to me, but that's another story for another day. It sucks that things like this happen, but I agree with you, Jasmine. Asking questions can definitely give a clue to the company's culture. Sometimes it can be hard to figure out what those right questions are on the spot. So having them thought out or written out before the interview is a good tip. Also, remember, even though the company is interviewing you, you're also interviewing them just to see if they're a good fit for you. Next, before accepting the offer or even before the interview, Checking on company review sites like Glassdoor is a really good idea, just to see what's being said about the company. Another thing you can do is use LinkedIn to see who works there. You can reach out to the current or past employees of the company and tell them you're applying for a role and see if they'd like to talk to you about how it is working there. During the interview, ask what prompt the organization to build a UX team. You want to hear detailed information around their upcoming projects and design agenda. If they are vague about their answers, then tread with caution. That's it for episode three. I hope we didn't scare you too much. Make sure to come back for our next episode, Hidden Opportunities in UX. If you would like for us to cover a specific topic or just dying to give us feedback, send us a message via our social media channels or send us an email to info at hellounx.design. I'll repeat that again. Info at hellounx.design. Lastly, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, available on all major streaming platforms. 
Before we leave, I would like to invite you to like us and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. We would like you to invite you to join our Hello US community group page on Facebook. Lastly, check out our YouTube channel and don't forget to subscribe. We'd like to give a shout out to our fans. We love to hear your feedback and love to hear your compliments as well. It's a big confidence booster. So thank you. Yes, a dunka to Jeff Humble from Berlin, Germany. A mighty Texas howdy to Elisa from the great state of Texas. And a arigato gosho maishita to Haruka from Japan via Canada. And Haruka also added that she would help increase our listeners in Japan. We couldn't leave without giving a shout out to our sponsor, Overflow Digital, a digital agency specializing in all your professional website needs. We aim to create dynamic websites that will positively impact your business, meeting you at the crossroads of data, design, marcom, and UX. We'll part with the Steve Jobs quote. You have to trust in something, your gut, destiny, life, karma, whatever. This approach has never let me down, and it has made all the difference in my life. Well said, Steve. Okay, adios. Bye.